All right, dragons, welcome to another episode of the Dumbos and Dragons podcast. I'm going to make this intro very short. Uh, this is live from Palm Springs Comic Con. I'm with Kelly Hightower talking about nerdy dating and where you can find that nerdy love of your life. So, I hope you enjoy this one, and Kelly is bringing back her podcast, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, so be sure to head over there and check all that out. Hope you enjoy it. Work out, nerd out. Well, welcome to the Mating Habits of the Modern Geek panel. <laughs> Dating within your own species. Your own species. Your own species. Your species. So, typically, when we do these, um, I ask for questions from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Why don't we? Why don't we introduce ourselves first? So, I'm Kelly Hightower, and I have a podcast called Mating Habits of the Modern Geek that uh, was going rock steady for four years, and I took a break. But now I'm back in it, and uh, I'm, I'm doing a debut new revised show panel here. So that's me, and then... I'm Kenny Rotter. I'm the host of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. We've been going strong for about a year and a half. We're all about working out and nerding out, and it's a lot of fun. And super exciting news, this is the first time Kelly and I have met in person. We've been friends for a very long time. Probably like what year and a half since I started my show. Yeah, you were one of my you were one of my first episodes, like in right. the top ten. Right, I think and I met you immediately after I met after I met Joe, who I'm also meeting for the first time. Yeah, and I'm meeting you for the first time too. But we have not had the <laughs> online connection. <laughs> what was your name? Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Sarah, Joe, and Jess. SJJ. Yeah. All right. Thanks for taking a chance on a not so full room. <laughs> <laughs> Something. So you guys got to give me something to leave with. Okay. Okay. All right. All we right. can do that. Um, so what's what? What is mating habits all about, Kelly? So Kenny, um, mating habits. I started it basically to, as revenge on another podcast I was doing. I was podcasting with a friend of mine, and he owns a comic book store and an overall game store, and. He wanted to review products and talk about nerdy movies and geeky things. And I said, hey, what would be really funny is we also talk about these weird things that are happening to me in my dating life. And he's like, nobody wants to hear that. And I was like, how dare you? Everybody wants to I hear do. it because it's hysterical. And he's like, no, nobody nobody cares about that. We can't. He goes, no one would listen to that. And I said, are you issuing a challenge? And so I um, started my own show. And uh, not for nothing, but the show I did with him shut down because nobody cared. And, <laughs> and I, uh, and so, so yeah. So essentially, what I wanted to do was look at dating, but in the context of the geek world and us freaks and weirdos and people who don't fit into the normal like how to be successful and make friends. And, you know, it's it's sometimes gonna be a little bit harder for for those of us in the geek world. And um, and so it was looking at it from the perspective of sharing stories and, and talking with other people about things that have worked for them. And I happen to, at that point when I started the show, it's been more since then, have been on, had been on at that point more than 50 first dates. So my whole thing is I can get you a date. I can teach you how to go out and get, find someone to date. 
Now, how to keep dating them and ha- keep relationships going? That's another. That's another show. That's relationships <laughs> of, of successful geeks. And I don't. Do, I don't know about that. But um, I, I, and watching my friends, and and I mean, I've been a member of this community my whole life, and like watching people try different things, and people of all different genders and orientations, and 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 you know, even I got I got furry friends. They have to date differently. Like you know, it's there's just so many different genre things that furry is in the costume or hairy people. It's in the costume. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, no, as in the persona, not costume. Just um, <laughs> get it right. But, but yeah, like so, it's just it's it was it was a way to sort of be funny and share anecdotes and have my friends and other podcasters on to talk about our horrible horrible turns in dating because rarely did any of us not have a bad story. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's where it started and. Like I said, I did I, I did it for four years, and I did it up until 100 episodes, and I was kind of burnt out because I took it as a personal mission while I was doing the show to sort of listen and, 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 and take my own advice and do the things that I was telling other people to do to get out there, and I got out there a lot, and I had several small, short-lived relationships, and it was just, it was a lot, and so I found out that round about show 95 to 100, I was real bitter and salty about the whole ordeal, and so I was being like, don't, you're going to die alone, what difference does it make, like, <laughs> it's all a big joke, like, and so it wasn't being a very positive <laughs> message, I said, okay, so I'm going to take a break, 100's a good number, I'll take a break, and when I'm ready to come back, it'll be a better show, so I came back last week, yeah, and it was an okay show, I forgot how mic- microphones work, but you know... <laughs> Other than that, it's it's in it's in process. It's also a two-hour show. Oh yeah, my show's always two hours at least. Wow. Yeah, I got friends who got stories, and they want to tell you everything in detail. Uh, it's epic detail. Like, Thank you. Here. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was telling Jess on the on the ride down because we were listening to Mating Habits. It was it was it was a it was just a love fest in the car because we started out with Dan Savage's Savage Love Cast uh-huh. and then we went right into Mating Habits. Aww. And I was like, oh my god, this episode's two hours long. Nope. And I go, that's pretty on par for Kelly. Yeah. And I was like, I never have an episode that's two hours long except for the one time <laughs> Kelly guested on Top Bells and Dragons. I don't know what it is because I don't think it's all me. I don't think I ramble on for two hours. It's when I have people on, either I ask them the, the right question or they just it's such a safe space. <laughs> they just um, feel the need to just tell me everything, which is great. I'm like, yes, please keep. Let's. I don't want this to turn into a critique on your podcast. I know, I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, want, to it, I want to turn it into a critique on your love life. Oh well, that's that's more interesting. <laughs> Good. Um, maybe maybe the, with our powers combined, we could. I know what's wrong with my show. Maybe with powers combined, <laughs> we can find out what's wrong with the, with so, my dating life. Where are you currently? You said that you were getting back in the game. Where are you currently in your dating life? Are I'm you just getting back into dating. I'm just thinking about getting back into dating. Just th- you're, you haven't even done it yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm making the thing. So I took a year off, and in that year off, I worked. I, I focused on myself, which many people hate to hear. Um, I lost a bunch of weight. I know you're thinking you lost, but yeah, I, I was much bigger than this. I lost a bunch of weight, and I really just sort of. I'm trying to analyze and figure out what it is I'm doing wrong. Because the people that I'm dating are wonderful, nice people. They're just not for me. And so it's the trying to figure out... Hello! Welcome. <laughs> Come in. It's the trying to figure out what really it is that I'm looking for. It's like, And that's very hard to nail down. Because I kind of want everything. It's like it's like going to like a buffet or something. I'd be like, I would like one of each of everything. and that's. But I'm not prepared to live in that sort of lifestyle. <laughs> so I've got to figure it out. It's, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. 
Well, we've I've I've said and what I've listened to is it's very hard to when you go into something expecting one person to be your be all end all for the rest of your life, they're supposed to satisfy you physically, emotionally, mentally, and sexually. Like that's a lot to ask for one person, right? Like for the next sixty years, right? You, you know. So I don't think you wanting to have you know a potpourri of people is a bad thing. No, I know, I know. I just I know that I'm not prepared to do the upkeep. I, I find, oh, yeah. I'm, very, I'm very selfish with my time, and I find that dating one person takes up a lot of your time. <laughs> I couldn't date multiple people. And but money. Oh, we'll get that, too. But, yeah, I think, I think it's more of really being honest with the fact of... Well, it's all, and there's, there's another thing. That, so it's really being honest with the fact that I need to be looking, and, and possibly we all need to be looking for not people that we want to fix, but people we might want to make better. And not by changing them, but by being able to, like, have a partnership and, like, find someone who makes you better and someone who, you, you by, by virtue of you just being you, you make them better for to make a relationship work. Um, but I think also a lot of my problem, personally, is that I'm not vulnerable and I never ask for help. I just kind of like, oh, I can do it myself. I don't need anybody. I don't need any money. I don't need anybody to open doors for me. I can just do everything. And so, therefore, like, like I've had a lot of my guy friends be like... So guys feel like there's nothing they can really do for you. And I'm like, but I'm a feminist. And I don't need a man to do, except for kill spiders. I don't need a man to do anything for me. And they're like, yeah, but they would like to possibly have some sort of, like, they feel like they can't fit into your life. And I'm like, oh, God. So it's a real, that's a real tough one for me. Because I'm not going to pretend like, oh, I don't know how to change a tie. I'm not going to do that. I find that to be so false and so terrible. So I have to really find ways to exploit my own vulnerability. Which then is a whole lot of like self work and looking at yourself deeply, and I try to avoid doing that at all costs. <laughs> that, that's well, a very dangerous thing. What I'm going to play amateur therapist right now because I can. <laughs> no it, one's going to stop you. Because no, there's no one here to stop me. It's what if it's not so much like the way you're looking at it is the guy comes to open the door for you, the guy comes to change your tire. It doesn't necessarily mean you can't. It just means that maybe you don't want to, or maybe it doesn't mean anything. Maybe it just means that, hey, I got a flat tire, and I this guy changed it for me. That's I all it means. I hear that. I hear that. And I think that you're on the right track, because I think this is the other feedback that I've been getting. It's difficult for me, because I tend to not... I don't like weakness, and I especially with my female friends... When I see them do things like, oh, I don't really feel like doing this thing, so I'm just going to get my husband to do it. I'm just going to get my boyfriend to do it. That flies in the face of my independent woman. I'm like, Beyonce would be disappointed in you. If you can do it, you should do it yourself. Like, I, it's really, it's going to be difficult for me to sort of, and it's also about giving up control. You, I have to be vulnerable. I have to trust someone else. A, to do it right, which I don't think anyone can do anything right. So like, there's a whole there's a whole different... It's all... It's 100% wrapped up in me. If I could just get out of my own way, I could. I would be happy. But yeah, that, I think that that's... You're right. It has, it has to be like, okay, I don't have to do these things, but someone else might want to, or someone else might feel better by doing... So it, but it, it flies in the face. It flies in the face of... of of my inner being, I can't do it. Like, I, really I, I don't. I don't want to just. I don't want to belittle you, but you are not the only one that knows how to change a tire. Uh, I did say I was the only one. I was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, you, I right, know that. So I know we that. need to find Kelly a NASCAR pit crew member. <laughs> or a NASCAR pit crew. 
let's write this adult fantasy. No. Yeah, no, no. I... Kelly, the feminist dates the Southern NASCAR pit crew. Oh my god, that would make my life. I, yeah. I have a question on, on that kind of topic. You said you find that guys tend to feel like they don't know how to fit into your life. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's one of the problems that us geeks have? Because we have, like, we talk about in our own right. fandom how much we, like, oh my god, we don't have enough time to consume all of the stuff we love at the level that we love it because there's just only so many hours in the day. Right. And then you fit in a, a, a relationship into that. And if you're like me and have a non-geeky person who's not necessarily enjoying all that stuff with you. Right. They, they do very much feel like, well, where do I fit into your passions? Am I not your passion? I think that's a great point because I have noticed, um, I, have a, I have a friend who, if you ask him to go out and do anything, every single night is taken up by something. Tuesday's trivia night. Monday's X-Wing. Wednesday is, is his RPG night. Thursday is, you know, when a show comes on that he has to watch. And so if you ask him, like, hey, what are you doing Thursday? Instead of going, why, what's going on? He's, I have a show. Like, he has, so he is very much into his, unless he's, whoever he wants to date is in those same groups, in those same circles, anyone trying to even approach from the outside can very easily be shut down because it's part of our culture. It's part of our nature. We're excited about the things we're passionate about. We want to share them with other people, but if other people aren't already on board or know what in the heck it is we're talking about, it can be very like, oh, well, I guess then you're busy is what you're telling me is you don't have any time as opposed to, because because I don't know. I mean, shocker, but um, people in general aren't good at picking up hints. <laughs> you throw in, you know, those of us on the spectrum, those of us who are in an echo chamber of our own wonderful weirdness yeah, like we might be, you know, like, yeah, okay, so this person who's not part of our inner circle wants to get in. They can't unless they take on, unless they go watch all of Firefly. Like, you know, like the only way to get in is I'm going to have to learn how to, I'm going to have to buy a bunch of Warhammer 40K models and like figure out how to get into your world. And I think that that can be a huge problem. And I also think it's, it's, we, we want someone that we can make a priority in our life. But we're not willing to make a new person even a little bit of a priority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, we're prioritizing our game nights, our TV shows, our D&D groups over social interaction with new people or somebody we might possibly be interested in. And so then we don't even give that new relationship a chance to flourish. Mm -hmm. So in the situation that Kelly mentioned, unless that person drastically changes their schedule the only chance they're going to have to meet and develop a new relationship is a person who maybe not isn't in seven out of seven of their groups, but three out of seven, four out of seven. Yeah. And that's going to be next to impossible because... It's asking a lot. It's asking yeah, a lot. Yeah, it really lot. is. Unless you just happen to continually see the same person in the same groups over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. And I think, too, I think that ties into um, something that I recently... It was a, a web series, this, this Australian guy, who was talking about, like... To, it was very very heteronormative, but it was about, like, okay, so here are women. You say men don't talk to you. Here's, here's what you're doing wrong, why they don't. And it was basically being, like, you have to sort of create these opportunities for someone to get into your life. So you have to go and you have to step outside of your comfort zone, which is something that we're always really big on with mating habits, is you have to go... 
you have to go down to the you know the the go to a game night you've never been to before you have to go to a place and then you have to actually be available to talk to people you can't just sit there and be like no one's talking to me well are you talking to people like you have to go up and you have to give them an opportunity to and his his whole stint was that women and i and i'm guilty of this you go to a place and you look fabulous and you're sitting there and you're like at a bar and you're like why aren't any of these guys coming to talk to me and he's like well because they're terrified because you're sitting at a bar by yourself they and you and you look great, and they they come up to you and they're like, "Hey, how you doing?" That's your opportunity to completely eviscerate them, and so it's a big opportunity. Because, however, if you go up to them and say, "Hey, how's it going?" Are you are you make eye contact? Are you smile? Are you give them? If you just give people an opportunity to come in, someone will come in, and I think that that you know tall ties in with that. If we're constantly just doing the fun things we like to do, a lot of them are solitary or they're with a very few, very small group of people. We're not getting out there. We're not giving people the opportunity to know us and to meet us or for us to know and to meet them. It is going to be near to impossible. Someone's going to have to basically scale a wall of fandom and lingo and weirdness and other nerds who are like are not welcoming and, you know, and, and have to go through all that to get to you. And, you know, if anybody knowing how hard it is as a person, knowing how hard it is for you to date, imagine how hard it is for other people to date. Too. Like you have to you do have to sort of meet them halfway. And come in there in the middle somewhere. Oh, and I've got a great story, very similar to that. But I'm going to save it for we're doing a companion panel to this at 3:15, um, called "Picking Up the Pieces and Moving On from a Broken Nerd Relationship." So come on back for that for that, for that little spoiler <laughs> for that. Uh, uh, but uplifting. I know, right? <laughs> no, and actually, we'll cry. It's, we'll it's, cry for 45 uh, minutes. <laughs> no, it's. I think it is going to be a very, a very uplifting and motivating panel because it does talk about. You know, we're not going to harp on the badness. The, the badness. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's a beautiful new, it's a beautiful light shining. But I wanted to open up and see if anybody other than Joe had a relationship question. Hi, Joe. Um, or anything where you're like, oh, hey, this is what I'm experiencing right now in my current relationship. If you have a relationship quandary, we can answer those. Or if you're just looking for a piece of advice on where to meet people, because I have lots of ways to meet people. Usually involves going up to them and saying, hi, my name's Kenny. Yeah, that is... But insert your name. The number one. Don't say you're, you're Kenny unless your name's actually Kenny. Too late. Don't go tell and introduce myself to anybody Everybody is Kenny. Nothing. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> crickets, crickets. crickets. I, with me, it's like, so I cosplay, and I was like, oh, I want to meet somebody this is years ago. And everybody is like half my age, and I'm like, yeah, it's really hard to date. They're either married already, mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. or, you know, they're just beginning their life, and, and so it's really hard for me to meet somebody. And then, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, no, the, I'm running into that too with the everybody's already married. But I'm running into that too. Where everyone's already married. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's okay. Those won't last. Right, but say half of those. Sixty percent of them will be single again soon. So. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, the guy that I'm interested in, his wife won't go to these geeky things with him, and we're just, really when we go, we're just like, <laughs> uh huh. He's like, where are you? you uh huh. And I'm like, here I am. So we're always together. So I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. So they open. But that's the exact same thing what you were saying. And I keep telling you, in a marriage, you have to compromise. If you don't want to go see the Nutcracker, you got to do it. You got to make your other right. partner happy. And I'm right. like, you're so stupid. <laughs> you don't compromise with them. Yeah, you just wait on that one. That Not compromising does worth thin. <laughs> it really does. There's probably a lot more to Yeah, probably. They might be open. You don't know. <laughs> like, maybe they're looking for a third. 
That's a lot of baggage if you're not... If you're not ready for that? Well, not if you're not ready, if you're not openly looking for it. That's a lot. To, that's a, If she's not looking for it, if they're yeah. not looking for it. If she, either, any, either party. Well, yeah. Well, either party. Both parties have to be looking for it. But here's a question. Would that be something you'd be like... people in our, like... A lot of us already have issues. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of our outfit. You know? Right. So the last person I would have social anxiety. <laughs> so he doesn't want to go anywhere. And I'm just like... Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's it, tough. Because I think I think there's something very unique about nerd about geek culture and our, our world is that we've all sort of other than the fact that the media and the stuff is actually really good, I think we've all sort of fallen into we found a community of a lot of us are like social outcasts. Or where it's easy for us to be ourselves in front of we don't have to worry nobody's gonna throw us in a locker or make fun of us or do whatever. Whatever you're into is basically fine here. But because of that, the the testing sample is we. A lot of us do have a lot of issues, a lot of things in the out in the the mundane world that that make it harder for us to, to sort of interact with each other, interact with people. It's it's one of those things where like <laughs> there's no one, no one's there's never a more mean girl table than a table full of nerd guys. If you're someone new who wants to come in. And be like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, get away from us. You're not. You're just here to make fun of us. You're not part of our team. You're not part of our group. And you're like, but we're adults. You shouldn't still be acting this way. But it's a, it's a concept of now we finally have the opportunity to act that way. So a lot of us are gatekeepers, and a lot of us do stuff like that. So it is. It is just. It's. It's like you know, you're screwed either way. Because like you finally found a group of people where you belong. Oh great! No one here knows how to do this. <laughs> no one here knows how to interact with each other or how to. You know, start a conversation or do those sorts of things. And so you, it's, it's everyone sort of gravitates to the to the most socially uh, able person. It's sort of like you tell us what to do. And so then it, it's it's always complicated. And and yeah, it's a problem with our community. I maybe it's maybe it's the cis white male of me, but I've never experienced that. I think it's the cis white male of you. Okay. Cool. Also, you're you're highly social. Yeah. You don't have a problem. The person, because I'm highly social, the person who can go into a room and go, Hi, my name's Kelly Hightower, nice to meet you, to a perfect stranger, tends to not have those sorts of problems because we're so full of ourselves. We don't get, <laughs> like, of course you want to know us because we're fabulous. And that works on its on a surface level. It makes us unbearable to be around <laughs> to people who really know us. But for the, for the outward social and business world, that's how we succeed. Yeah. We go in because I mean because we're both we, we're both also business where you go in and you go hi this is me and you're gonna want to buy my services this is me and you're gonna want to put your trust in me and so uh, we're highly social so I don't although I have experienced it with War, Warhammer 40k players they were very mean to me <laughs> but, I remember those stories yeah but that's okay but I got Rune Wars and I got them back but um, but I, I think that more often than not for people who have who are shy or have any sort of social nervousness or social anxiety or that sort of thing. I mean, ascent, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know that a lot of my confidence comes from the fact that I have severe social anxiety and I have found the way to mask that is to, I'm going to make you like me immediately. <laughs> so <laughs> if you don't like me, everyone's going to think you're crazy. <laughs> Please like me. <laughs> like, it's, like com- it's like comedians, stand-up comedians, essentially, you can replace their act with they go and stand up on stage and just cry. Please love me, please. Because that's what that's what that is. And so so I think that, that it's just, it's tough. It's compounded. The fact that, yeah, all this stuff's tough even for the best of times for the people who are the most socially adapt, <laughs> adapted and then, then there's the rest of us. <laughs> wow. Well, it's like, it's like 
in in the last six months, I have found a lot of different groups that I've just gone and joined. There was uh, uh, Reading Rainbows is the comic book club I'm in, uh-huh. and it's every other week at this comic shop. And the first first time I went, I was so nervous. Because I was like, oh my gosh, what if they don't like me? What if they don't like me? And it's the most welcoming, nicest group mm-hmm. of guys you could ever ne- you could ever meet. They're yeah. phenomenal. Um, I get it. That's the worst thing, I want thing something too. that for you. Yeah, you but should, the, you should but come be is, a reading rainbow. Move to LA. Here's <laughs> the thing. I would, move, I would become a reading rainbow, and assuming that whatever percentage of them were straight or straight questioning... I would have already just slept with them, and then I'd be like, I don't like any of them, and then I would have left. It's not anyone, it's my own issue, not meeting people. It's my my careless disregard for other people's time. That's what the problem is. I can't help you on that one. Yeah, yeah. I can't help you on that one. It's a problem. It's a problem with you, especially I'm from a very small town in the South, and, and, you know, I am finally to a point where I can go to parties where I'm like, I haven't dated anybody here. Oh, how refreshing. Like, like, you walk in and be like, I dated every single man in this room. No. Uh, and that girl twice in college. Oh, Jesus. God. That was like me in college. I was like, oh, yeah, I've definitely slept with all of you. Yeah. And it's like, you know, an embarrassment of riches. It's, it's just, it's really just, just more like, and none of you liked me enough to put up with me like that. And it didn't work with any of you. Perhaps the problem's mine. Do you have any relationship questions? Yes. Let's turn the tables on you. Relationship questions that I will then turn into topics for the podcast later on. <laughs> so, okay, so here's a question. At what point do you... What's the difference between being completely happy and knowing that you're settling? What is the key difference? Oh. Between being completely happy and what? And knowing that, you've, that you're settling. That because I because like I have lots of friends who married the first person that they ever dated, and I can't help but look at them and go, "Do you honestly think you found your soulmate, or or were you just tired of dating and you just are terrified to, that this this is 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 it basically is this as good as it gets?" I have a friend who says that everyone always settles. I I yeah. And, and it's not and it's not a... except for Gal Gadot's husband. Oh Lord, <laughs> she's beautiful. Um, and and it's not a pessimistic view; it's a realistic view. You're never going to find nobody's perfect, and so you're never going to find the first perfect person. That there's my there's my question. How do I get? How do I how do I accept that? I think you can. I think there's one person for everybody. Really? And I think all those couples that are married, they're hiding a lot of stuff that they're not really happy, but they're stuck. I was married for a long time. Uh huh. I was stuck financially because of my kid. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm. I think there's somebody for everybody, and I. Do you think there's just one person for everybody? You think there's a, a like a? Are you talking like in a soulmate sort of spiritual way, or in just like people can find happiness? You're gonna find somebody that you can do everything and anything with that you like. Like, like you, but in a male, just a male form. I would totally date me as a dude. I would date <laughs> me as a woman. I honestly like that. I, I would, yeah, I'd be like, I'm looking for me. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for me. Because another me would know when I wanted I to be left alone. I mean. Because <laughs> they want to be left alone, too. I've often said that if everyone in the world thought like me, it'd be a better, much better place. Um, that's not That might be your cis white male thing coming out. It might be my cis white male thing coming out. Some people want open relationships, so it's all, right. every individual is different. Well, yeah. So, here's, here's the thing. About your your am I happy or am I settling? 
they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Right. Like, like I said, unless we all get to marry Gal Gadot, we're all settling. Right. She is the That's pinnacle a, of woman and man. That is a good. We could just. It, it, none of us are with Gal Gadot right now, so we're all in the same boat. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> We've just established the bar for all dating ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you're not, you're not Gal. You lost. You're not with Gal So just let's pick up the pieces. Everyone out there listening, hashtag Gal Gadot is perfection. <laughs> hashtag. No, she really is. But yeah, like I, it's it's okay. I've I've often had a saying that life is empty and meaningless. Mm-hmm. But it's empty and meaningless that it's empty and meaningless. It's it's very you decide what matters in your life. Right. Um, and so if you're with ex-person and you know that person is not perfect but then you redefine perfection to mean that person so then that so person in is essence, perfect settling. That is an, I mean that's the yes. definition I, which I'm, I'm not saying settling is a negative although it's I mean it sounds like it's a negative but it's 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 bringing the reality. It's being realistic. It's bringing the reality of my expectations into or my expectations into reality and what reality will be. Unless you expect reality, like if you don't have expectations that are not based in reality, like you don't have some sort of alternate expectation. Does that make sense? I don't think that makes sense, Part but of whatever. Part I said the, it. Everybody's settling theory is that you know they're they're settling too. You know, it's not just you settling. Right. Because so. I am not Gal Gadot. It's true. Very true. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's my friend Katie. Hi. Hi. She has tons of relationship questions. How's Joel? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Communication. Okay. Communication. How dare you? Or, or the smartest person in the room. It's <laughs> like, are those tape recorders? No thanks. How dare me? I'm very curious. I haven't spoken to you in like a week. Well, there must be some week. That we- <laughs> Are you super excited for this podcast to air? We're recording this right now. No, I figured that because I saw the recording device. <laughs> Smartest person in the room. I'm Smartest you, person my in the room. Stands. <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I have a question for you. Okay. It's not about your relationships. Okay, what do you want to ask me? We have agreed in this room, the five of us, okay. that essentially everybody on the planet, except for one guy... Settles in a relationship because only one of us can be married to Gal Gadot. Agree, disagree. Agree or disagree. (laughs) (laughs) And and I just want to say this also means Gal Gadot is settling. Because she yes, is not married to herself. <laughs> this is true. You have it is a mathematical proof at that point. (laughs) She wakes up realizing. She can never be. She, she can, can never. Uh, Gal Gadot's not perfect because a perfect person would marry Gal Gadot. You've just lawyered your way out of Gal Gadot's perfect. <laughs> Congratulations, Esquire. <laughs> yeah. We'll Hashtag get Gal Gadot, will you marry me? <laughs> well, that's settled. Oh. <laughs> so. So yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> that was worth the price of admission right there. This is why I go weeks without talking to you. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's pretty oh, funny. Oh, God, I'm dying. 
Okay. Uh, Hi, everybody. Good times. Any other questions? Do you have any questions? Any relationship questions? I'm perfect in relationships. So I have nice. Good answer. <laughs> you and I both know that's a little kind of stretching the truth. Maybe a bit. Yeah, what time is it? How long is this? Maybe maybe I shouldn't have gotten here five minutes late and figured out how long. <laughs> there, there is supposed to be a panel at 1.30, but I'm, I'm waiting for the people to come in and... and uh, oh, is this your panel? Well, it's it's the... I think it's the diversity panel. Yeah, I think these people are for diversity because well, then we will, I think we should stop this yes. train of thought. Yes, yeah, so we're going to wrap this yeah, up. 1.30 is the power of nerdy diversity. Thanks for, wait, thanks wait, for stopping by. <laughs> this was for nerdy dating. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 we're done. We're done. We we're came finished. to the conclusion that nerds have cuties. So, so just give it up. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.